So are we? Are we? Are we, are we good to go now? Are we? I don't know. This is a. This isn't. Is that Synonyms for fart. There's one that's very hobby applicable. Airbrushing your boxers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is beautiful. Do you, do you do that? Oh no, that's airbrushing, not dry brushing. <laughs> <laughs> What's dry brushing your boxers? Then? Well, yes. skid marks, I guess. <laughs> I bet you that one is not defined. <laughs> dry brush, Mike. <laughs> oh my god! This is a good night for nicknames. Oh my god, that's too beautiful. Dry brush your Well, dry brush Mike, right? Um, okay, I'm gonna start this a little bit differently, because I'm pretty sure this is actually gonna be an anniversary episode for us. Approximately, because we didn't really do specific math. So, we've been doing this for a year now. Wait, what? Approximately. Since when? Because if we... This is episode, what, 27? Every two weeks? No. Doing the math. And in and the beginning, we weren't it. exactly on schedule, but it's approximately we one exactly year. weren't exactly on schedule. And, and if you Christmas, carry the we three, we're coming up on a year. No, this is a year. This is our... Oh. This is our one-year anniversary as a podcast. Call. How about that? So, welcome to a very special, except not so very special, one-year anniversary. We planned nothing. Well, because we... <laughs> no balloons, Anyways, no let me finish for once. Please. <laughs> welcome to a very unspecial one-year anniversary episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom. With me as always are... Dan. Steve. And Unhappy Ward. No, right? Sharps. Sharps. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and? Mike. Okay, awesome. So as you can tell, we haven't progressed in quality in an entire year. Oh god, no, I think we've actually regressed. <laughs> yes, yes we have. Yeah, I think we used yeah. to take things seriously. No, no you never did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a little bit more seriously. Mike is here just to balance this out a little bit. <laughs> just to keep us... I'm trying to class you up, okay? <laughs> and failing miserably. Yeah. So we can blame all of this on Mike, because it's his job to make us better, and he <laughs> well, keeps failing. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's what you get for trying, Mike. What is the lesson here? Yeah, don't try. Exactly. Yeah, don't Thank you very much. All right, so now that we've all learned a valuable life lesson. <laughs> also, don't dry brush your shorts. Oh, oh yeah. So we, while looking things up for <laughs> a second... doing a little bit of pre-episode research. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it. Yeah, pre-episode research. Apparently, another way to describe farting is airbrushing your boxers. Which is appropriate for this group. Yeah. In so many ways. <laughs> oh my god. Let's move on to some content. Alright, fair enough. So, let's just jump right into this week in hobby. Dan, what have you been working on? I've played so many video games. Steve. <laughs> wait, just like, Whoa, what video wait. games? Um, Do you really have to ask? A little bit of Borderlands and actually more MechWare Online. I started nice. playing again for the first time in like three years. Isn't Mass nice. 4 supposed to be coming out right away too? Uh, no, not, not anytime soon. It's anytime starting production soon. Well, it's been in production for already for two years. Because I saw it? the pre-release at uh, yeah. Westmet. Or, I mean, West yeah, it'll be, it's apparently out this November. Like it's six months out. Okay. That's yeah. reasonable. Anyways. You have, I'm excited for that one. It's going to be really cool. But anyways, uh, I have been working on my Blood Angels. For Onslaught, and I'm tired of painting Warhammer. Tired of painting all six Red? of your Blood Angels? How yeah. many Blood Angels models are there? There's more than six. There's 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty small. So you could have finished, like, any other game system on the planet with those models. Oh, yeah. 
Basically, it's uh, but it's been fun. I actually want to do the Sanguinary Guard for a while. I have one sort of test model that was finished about a year ago. I never got the rest of them done. So, well, it was always one more model than Ward had painted for his Imperial Fists. That's true. I'm sorry, Sharps. That's true. I do have more models than his Imperial Fists. Speaking of this week in hobby, Ward, what have you done this week in hobby? I don't hobby? think I want to talk to you assholes anymore. What? <laughs> so I, there, was, there was talk last week of you uh, wanting to do your fists for listen, Vegas. Listen, How I'm, are they coming? Listen, I'm I running, saw the head. I'm running a tournament. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That, that is <laughs> I saw Sharp's head. Uh, I know, listen, you're running a tournament. I'm running a tournament. I had to play a lot of Scum and Villainy and... Had to? Yeah. It was required. Had to. It was I for the al- podcast. I also had to play and science. Armada. Yeah, but you only played once. You were supposed to play twice. Well, once is all I can handle right now. Oh. I gotta keep my excitement levels down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> otherwise Sharps is gonna get you. Exactly. You don't that was a bit of an inside joke, <laughs> listeners. Well, Ward has a new nickname. It's Sharps. <laughs> yeah. And not for the reason you think. Um, or so exactly yeah, for the reason I've, you think. So I've been playing games. I've been organizing Onslaught. So it's so Hobby Zero play lots. Yes. Okay, gotcha. That's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cut you some slack. So, Mike, how many uh, dozen so, models did you paint? Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Actually, I, I, I only painted about eight. Eight dozen? <laughs> eight models since... Yeah, last I time. like how that's still more than all of us combined. <laughs> but you did paint up all the Pan Oceania stuff I saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a tough I, one to say. Yeah, Pano. Pano. Yeah, just stick with Pano. I got a tag done. I got one of those uh, little uh, drones or the Zods. Robot, the, the Zods done. Uh, I've got about six of the uh, Fusiliers done now. And uh, yeah. Uh, death. And my finally got resin bases in, so they're going to look finished now, and I'll be happy to show them after. I don't know what I think about that. I'm super excited to finish up my Infinity. I cannot wait to do it. And one of the things that this is the honestly the first time I've ever had this thought run through my head today. I was picking up the Sanguinary Priest uh, for my Blood Angels. I haven't had, didn't need to get that in the book. It was ninety dollars, and I thought maybe I should be done with Warhammer. Whoa! Whoa. I had this. I had this. This ran through my head like ninety dollars for a book and a model. Are you kidding me? That hurts. Yeah, the Sanguinary Priest model was a little bit of what the fuck. One dude in power armor, he's 30 bucks. I know, that's insane. I saw that and like, like the new Mechanicum, they're 47 for 10. But they don't have a single model that's really cheaper than 30 bucks anymore. No, and I mean, yeah, they're all sprue plastic models, but... <sighs> yeah, 30 bucks should get you a squad, not like a 75 point character or whatever they're like, putting it in perspective, yeah. Weird Miniatures releases single sprue plastic models in the same scale, and you can get them for as cheap as 10 bucks. Yep. You know? No, I know. That's why I had that, like, holy shit moment today, because that's the only model, only pose, and you can't even chop him up and change his pose at all, because they're all, like, uh, one half fits the other half, the legs are very static. That's it. So, anywho, a little, little disheartened by that, but, you know, I think one of the things that, uh, with the Mechanicum release, they're not really doing any HQs. They didn't for Harlequins. They Wait. didn't do for Mechanicum. Why are you talking about 40k? Because I was hoping no one was going to. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he us in with getting pissed off and yeah. belligerent towards I told, Games Workshop. I told Tom that we were going to just keep going with a number of episodes <laughs> that I can't talk about 40k and just pile them up. <laughs> well, it's funny because I do feel that there will be a point where eventually you will reach where we are. It might take you a few more years, but I feel like they'll get there because either they're going to start making a lot of positives to the company or they're going to be a real fucking train wreck. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
Uh, right now, there's still a few armies that you can play and will work, and you only have to add a few things to because I've got so much shit. But, like, yeah, I mean, even, like, the new Harlequin release was crazy expensive, and they don't have HQ models. I get to talk about it. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, myself, I built some more foreground scenery, which is always fun, and I put together a bunch of gremlins. Cool. Which took way too fucking long. <laughs> How many pieces were their hats? Uh, most of them were at least two. Yeah, when a hat is several pieces, that's a little terrifying. Which, they were, which box did you get? Uh, well, the Bayou box. I've had it for a while. Oh, okay. Just like Dad, did you see the Chihuahua that's five Well, Sommertief Jones, four Bayous. I did not see a five-piece Chihuahua. Lenny and two Skeeters. Why? I put together a five-piece Chihuahua. Why? <laughs> My favorite part is that the Chihuahua is, like, half the size of this torso right here. We could you five not. five pieces. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. By Yanlo's beard, is it good? I I have to say models that are like those crazy intense multi-part models, just for the sake of being intense. Why are companies doing that? Do you remember like the old like snap together RTBO one <laughs> sort of Marines? Like Steve. they were good. They were you could paint. I got no other perspective on old shitty models because everything's <laughs> everything now is like multi-part and awesome. Come on, what but, about some Ralph Partha? Like get some really. I have no perspective. I don't think uh, Ralph Partha did plastic. They just did lead. They did a lot of lead. It was so tasty, the filings off those models. <laughs> a single 28mm figure should be no more than five or six pieces. Do you want to go through in your head how many pieces a Space Marine is again, though? I agree. I, 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 agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, there's no real reason for that torso to be two pieces. Yep. Anyways, so, that's the weekend hobby. Okay, we're going way over today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm calling it right now. We're going to go over... <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's move on to the next portion of the episode, which is shut up and take my money. I'm going to start because I'm really excited. Oh, really? This There's is no. This is shut up and take oh, my pocket my change. Goodness. But like, <laughs> listen to this. That sounds really weird. I think maybe on the <laughs> Okay. No, seriously. Tom just took his pants off. We're not going to describe anymore. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can emulate that sound. <laughs> but seriously, I've been looking for a good tape measure for a while. And oh, it's a tape measure. What does the tape measure have to do with your taking your pants off? I'm confused. <laughs> Several things. <laughs> no, but you bought a new tape measure and you're I super did. excited. I really am. Just because about four or five years ago, all of the major hardware stores stopped selling small tape measures. They just have those Fat Max ridiculous size ones. Which are really cumbersome to try and transport yeah, with your models. I agree. And it's really hard to kind of maneuver them around models on the board when you're trying to move stuff. I yes, and Tom, we're excited for your your purchase. Everybody else does not sees this as a non-issue, but I think you might actually have converted a few of us. This is a pretty solid tape measure. It's from IKEA. It was a buck fifty, and it is the perfect size to fit in any game case. And it is almost ten times less expensive than the GW one, which breaks. And this, like, I've been throwing this thing. I've been trying to break this thing without, no, like, hammer level. No, you haven't. We can break it. All right, Dan, you've got 30 seconds. Go. No. No, 30 seconds. Go. How am I supposed to break just, it in 30 seconds? I just tried to draw. Tools. Oh, I could do it. But I just tried to. <laughs> okay, without tools, uh, for the rest of this episode, try and break that tape measure. So do you just want me to not talk at all for the next hour? <laughs> way too much of my attention. You said he wouldn't notice. I, the way you should do it is you just run outside in 30 seconds, throw it on the concrete as hard as you can, and then run back in and give him the pieces. <laughs> I'm going to Ikea within a week. Like, it I was a buck fifty. I'll get you to get me one. It's a buck fifty. Here, here's some change right now. So did you dig through your couch and then go to Ikea for this? Or what was the deal with that? Nice. 
Get me a tape measure. Yeah, we'll do. And his chain. Should give him the other two knee and then get like three hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They'll totally keep. Maybe some meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, Dan, is there anything jumping out at you this week? Uh, shut up and take my money. I am definitely on the fence um, towards the Adeptus Mechanicus stuff. It looks so cool. I want to do a lot of conversions based on the Empire stuff I already have. So I think just playing up that really like gothic, weird you know, stuff, mixing up the Empire and the Mechanicus would be so cool. But there in the back of my mind, there's the whole thing of when am I ever going to use these models for anything? And that's a little sad. Because yeah. the models would be so fun to work on, but it is it is a decent amount of dollars, and I have no idea if I would ever use it on the tabletop. Allies to your Raven Guard. Could possibly, yeah, I don't know. 30k? But he's, then if, at that point I want the Forge World ones. The no. Forge World ones are so cool. Yeah, he's not going to put the plastic models in the army of Forge World models. No, they, they don't have Skatari, though, for Forge World. That Who knows yet? Yeah, one, one of the upcoming yeah. books is supposed to be Mars. <coughs> when the Horus Heresy does a book exclusively for Mars and has, like, yeah. the full-on army list, not just these mini lists for them, like, that could be, yeah, that'd that'd be, really be cool. the time to jump I, on it. I, I think at that point everybody's gonna be, like, dry-brushing their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Good tie in. Good reference. (laughs) Love it. Well done, Sharps. I'm going to preemptively say that is also my shut up and take my money. uh, And that's all you can say on it. Yeah, this Qatari. (laughs) I'm going to keep talking about it. Um, I think that they're going to be cool allies to the Knights, and that's the reason why I'm going to pick them up because I only have to pick up a couple boxes, already got the Force. (laughs) Don't want to do a ton of them, like uh, maybe 20, and I'd be done. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, it seems pretty reasonable. And a lot of it is going to hinge on, I think, when the Onager comes out. Because mm-hmm. that thing, the lower half looks so good. The turret just is looks... A it looks like a like battle orc battle wagon accessory. It's a it is bizarre. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you got the top half was just the Sentinel sprue. Honestly, like, <laughs> if I still gave a fuck, I would probably use the majority of the Mechanicus models to bulk up my All-Gretchen army. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, that weird orcs, knight thing, which I actually don't shit. like uh, at all. I don't. I know. But like imagine that. that with all the imperial stuff removed and orky stuff added. Yeah, and like I think it, all of a sudden it becomes amazing. Especially with the vehicles. It's like the centurions, and I think we actually talked about this. Where if it was an yeah. orc head instead of a marine helmet, I would be sold instantaneously. Oh, 100 percent. Because that's a stupid model. Let's <laughs> be honest here. <laughs> Um, no, I, I'm really excited about the the release because there's actually a lot of stuff that I like with the assassins because the assassins were so cool in Mechanicum in the book. Yeah, and I want to pick up five of them. Mm-hmm. And in order to play them, I need to pick up twenty regular dudes. So that's okay. The assassins have really cool rules too. Like they get AP two in the second round of combat. Yeah, once they like find your resonant frequency to just yeah. like directly cut through you, that's cool. Yeah, Transonic it takes them a turn or some insane name. It takes them a turn to like. It's basically the rotating field frequencies of the Borg. So reverse Borg. The reverse Borg. It's reverse Borg. <laughs> exactly. Got to modulate the it. frequencies. That's awesome. <laughs> the rules are so cool, too. Anyways, I'm, I think they'll be fun. Cool. Wardo. <laughs> I like the reverse Borg. Um, because me and Mike That might be another Urban Dictionary. <laughs> reverse Borg. What is the reverse what? Borg? <laughs> Grub. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Uh, this be- episode is a train wreck. <laughs> because um, happy anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> because me and Mike played Armada, I am really excited for the next wave of Armada already, <laughs> and basically it will be one of everything at least. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So. Mike, is that you too? What? Yeah, actually, it's me too. I, uh, <laughs> wave, wave one, I'm done. I'm, it's all. I'm all in. It's yeah, all in. just yeah. the bigger Star Destroyers coming out, and that's wave two. Long call. I don't care anymore. It's just <laughs> here you go. Take my money. Yeah, right? yeah that's the entire point of this. <laughs> it's just like I will have a standing order with my local store. It's just like when one comes in, I will slide money across the table. What do you mean one? one? Get me two. One of each. Two bars. Two of each. Who are you getting? Well, maybe not the big, huge one, but oh, really, because how big are Star Destroyers really? going to be? Like what, sixty US or something for the recommended yes. scale? Yes, it's huge. Because in like, the front, it, that's the one that's a mile long. Yeah. Oh, is it the Super Star Destroyer? No, no, no it no, is no. the Imperial Star Destroyer. The Super Star Destroyer is what, twelve kilometers long? Yeah, that thing's huge. So it would be like eight feet long in scale or something ridiculous. But the Imperial Star Destroyer is like that's what, almost two. double the size of yes, the Star, so Star Destroyer or something two. like that. Like, oh wow! Yeah. Star Destroyers get ridiculous in a hurry. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay, that makes sense. Because <laughs> they all look the so same, which is so the you one don't have that, any scale, right? Which is the one that I'm flying away from at the beginning of? That's the Imperial Star Destroyer, where it is what? Because the the CR ninety Corellian Corvette is, I think, 170 meters, and I think the Imperial Star Destroyer is 1600 meters. Okay, that makes sense. So there's a the right size. massive yeah. scale difference. So in now, this game. now yeah. go and watch episode four and like time it to see how fast like the ships go past you. To see if that's true, <laughs> I'm you sure somebody's I mean? already done yes. it. Probably on Wired. Oh yeah, they oh, yeah. Wired. Does so many of those time. weird, like, hey, let's do weird, like, physics homework based on movie special effects. Yeah, where you find yeah. out the lasers actually travel slower than bullets. And you're like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited about all that. So like, wave two stuff, even the additional wave one uh, blister packs coming out. So like, the other like victory coming out, that sort of thing. Not I forgot. Cards. I almost forgot. You need to check out uh, Google Mel Miniatures on Shapeways. He has he already has up designs for like Tie Phantoms and Defenders and shit like that in Armada scale, like packs of twelve. Really? Yeah. Mike's, like, drooling. <laughs> so they won't have official rules, but you, instead of having, like, TIE Interceptors, you could have Defenders or Phantoms Whoa, or that type of really shit. Cool. I like that. It is neat. <laughs> <laughs> and this game's been out for, what, two weeks? Something like that, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, the aftermarket, I think, is going to take off a little bit. Shapeways, sure. you are ridiculous. And I've seen pictures of people that have painted their, their TIEs and their X-Wings so far, and it really elevates the <laughs> the models for sure, so... Yeah, because the the fighter bases are the ones that aren't pre-painted. Yeah, those ones are just they're just bare plastic. Bare plastic. You have to prime them and everything. Which thank you very much. You've already done. Some of us are really adept at priming. Yes, no, or some of us want it to be primed the way we prime it, so it's done properly. But hey, yeah, you know. I was just making fun of word. I don't know what you're talking. about. Okay, right. (laughs) That's his main color scheme. Is prime. Did I tell you when somebody asked me how we would tell our fighters apart? Yeah, I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got to tell words. How was it? Words will be primed. Yours will be painted. (laughs) 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 At least they're giving you some credit for priming. (laughs) I like that. Okay, so that was yours then? Yeah, it is mine too. Okay, I've got one more. Uh Uh-oh. But this is a not silly tape measure thing. Is it because yours feels cheap now? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because it wasn't a lot of money. It It wasn't really a lot of money. There, there is a duck. <laughs> I lightly lobbed it at you. I didn't even know that you were throwing it. It's gone forever. You said throw it at me. So I did. No, it's fine. 
Oh, he's going for it. I'm he's gonna, going I'm for it. I'm going to do it. No, we need to go. No, okay, so, so we need to record is, this. There is a, there's a company oh, that's yeah. doing we'll, gaming we'll mats similar to... Uh, <laughs> That'll ruin this. No! Just, boy, can you stop for a second? What? You I'm talking. We're going to put this on YouTube. It's hard. It's uh, hard. Okay, you'll put it on YouTube. But it's pointy. <laughs> there is a manufacturer that does mats just kind of like Deep Cut Studios, and they do a 3 by 3 or bleh, 3 by 3 gaming mat, is which has... Oh, no, it has all of the zones marked off and everything from Alpha, kind of like with the uh, mm, the Frontline nice. Gaming mat. It's not quite as subtle with the little solar flares, flares and everything. Solar flares, whatever. Road flares, road flares. It has like coronal mass ejections <laughs> marking <laughs> off your deployment zones. That's awesome. Nobody's cell phones work there. Power stations get off. But oh they're very God. subtle lines for the center line for the board. For they do a radial corner deployment, an L-shaped corner deployment, as nice. well as I like, that. like the lengthwise. So everything is marked off, and the center line's pretty big in That's that game. Awesome. So, uh, and the cool thing is, is it is, is it uh, is it like obviously marked off as like a like almost like a football line, or is it like incorporated into the? It's graphic? a football line, but it's super mm. subtle. Okay, like they're they're one of those things where if you look at it in the image, you have to really really try and see them. Gotcha. So, uh, I'm curious to see what they're like in person, but they're still only about thirty five bucks US each. Uh, that's not bad. That's way better than the uh, frontline gaming ones. It's also vinyl and three by three. So mm. fair enough. That puts it right in the price range of most of the competitions. So yeah, exactly. So and they have about ten different actual that's patterns good. for the mats too. Not that's bad. Cool. Okay, so the main topic for today is going to be talking about Scum and Villainy. Uh, this is a release that came out what about a month ago now? Two months? Something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, we finally got a chance to get some games in with them. And it's perfect timing for, you know, like they say in the movies, April the Force be with you. Right? The timing is perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's totally the way the m- goes. Yeah. It's me. Me. Oh, I made an honest mistake. Carry on. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Was that all intentional, that there whole progression? Was so planned out about six weeks in, in advance, maybe. <laughs> oh. Sarcasm. Nice. So... Just let's start things off and talk about our favorite releases for Scum and Villainy. So, Mike, you haven't—you're the only one here that hasn't played, I haven't it, played yet. it. Nope. But have you looked at it at all? Uh, yeah, I've, I've looked at it, and I'm gonna—it may not even be good, but I, I like the way the Viper looks, the Star Viper. I think it is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, okay. So, because I had the also had the the vil, the video game Shadows of the, the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. And they were always dying, like. In droves, but you had hundreds and hundreds of these things. So they know, still die. Yeah, they still die. But you know what? That's especially fine. when Ward flies them. Oh my oh, god! It reminds yeah. me of a sort of the solar sail kind of thing. Oh, it looks super cool. Yeah, I like so. it from Tron. Makes yeah. no yeah. sense that it would be a fighter, but as a solar sail. But whatever, that's okay. Well, it makes about as much sense as Tie Fighters being like solar powered. Yeah, agree. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. again, people have done the math on how much solar energy it would take to like power a spacecraft. Yeah, not no. realistic. No, not it's even not remotely realistic. Whatever. But hey, the, speaking of Tie Fighters, there's actually a real ion engine that uh, moved a space probe to the asteroid. I can't remember the name of the probe, which is bothering me. But I don't think it was a fighter. It moved really slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, baby steps. Sinar Fleet Systems is uh, maybe the Kickstarter. I don't know. That'll be coming out next. <laughs> we did it once. Now let's make a fighter. That only cost us, what, $10 trillion? I think somebody to tried to put a Death Star construction project on Kickstarter once. I remember it that. It did not succeed. It was one of the earliest big kind of Kickstarter media pushes. There's so, Every time something like that comes up, somebody tries to build a Death Star. Like that... 
uh, We the People petition site. Oh, they tried to petition the U.S. government to build a Death Star? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they actually had to respond. It was like, this isn't... But Star Wars fans are crazy because there's been several countries where they've been trying to get enough members to actually put Jedi on the official religions of the nations. It's my religion. Okay, last world Star Wars fact. ISIS just took over the original scene uh, in Tatooine. That's true. Yeah, that's now a training base. Wow. In Tunisia. Yeah, they said don't go there. Yeah, don't go there as tourists <laughs> anymore. It's bad times. But anyways. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, because getting, getting abducted by Jawas was bad enough, but getting abducted <laughs> by ISIS may be a little more significant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where are we going? Tatooine, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just... I'm confused. <laughs> What's happening here? I, not, I can't say it out loud. He's just, okay. ha- he's just having a good time now, so... <laughs> Alright, this uh, is me in After Hours. Best, best Moving on to your release. Yes, like I said, right. train wreck. So, best ship for me out of uh, all the new releases, I would have to go with the Star Viper as well. Just <sighs> visually, I think it looks freaking awesome, <laughs> even though I can't fly it. It's in-game performance. Term. Hasn't crushed your spirits yet? No, not yet. I've been flying usually like a pair right now, so... And I honestly do think that's half the problem. I love how fluff-wise, there is supposed to be one Virago. Like, Shizor's specific Star Viper was way more advanced than the generic one. Like, he had the rights to it. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's it's brilliant to match the fluff to the game mechanics, but it also makes it challenging if you want to run multiple. Only one of them is going to be good. No, very true, right? So, because I, uh, I took the secondary character... And the... You guys are weird. Uh, I took the secondary character oh. and the generic one. Oh, so Guri? Uh, Guri, yeah. And then... The Fembot? The Fembot of Star Vipers. And then, yeah, just some Black Sun uh, Enforcers, and they seem to work okay with my combination. But we'll talk about that, like, later. But yeah, Star Viper, I just think it is pretty neat. Cool. Mine's IG-88. Which one? Typically, uh, B and C. Let's go with that. I like the idea of a tin can assassin robot of doom that clearly was bolted together of spare PVC pipe for the movie, but is like supposed to be an insane killing machine with that crazy heavy blaster and weird oil filter or oil funnel on his head. He was was my favorite. uh, He's fairly hilarious looking, that's for sure. Oh, terrible design. Like, who made an assassin bot that gangly? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, they all died horribly the instant they turned him on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I like him, because it's, it's, his backstory makes no sense the way he looks. It's just awesome. And his ship is goofy, and I totally thought it flew the wrong way around when I put it on the stand. Yeah, it <laughs> thought the ass was the front, and the front was the ass, so that was good. It was a very bizarre-looking ship in the beginning. It's hard to tell what's what. Yep. And uh, to cement how awesome it was in my mind, I absolutely evapobliterated Ward's fleet. Yeah, I've been doing awesome with the extra <laughs> So I mean, that's the nicest way, but it's You a, lost to me. Listen, I lost to everybody, okay? It was Except a little Mike. bit of a confidence booster where it was just like what? one oh, shot. What you, one that's because shot. we didn't play. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> just want to make sure that was clear, everybody. You got to get in on this. It's really a confidence booster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Play against Ward. Yeah, you want to win at X-Wing play Ward right now. <laughs> so sad. That's the way it goes. Oh, that's so. No, awesome. it was a bit of, it was a bit, we'll talk about our game, but it was, there was a little bit of luck based on my side. Yeah, Dan, Dan making your list really helped you out, too. Oh, yeah, I just, yeah, I was good. <laughs> I had no idea what I was taking. I was like, give me two IG-2000s. Like, just bring them on, <laughs> make them good. And it was like, they're really good. <laughs> Turns out. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely pretty badass. Um, so, that was yours. That's Just me. RG88. Uh, for myself, I would probably have to say my favorite thing about the faction is that, like everything with X-Wing, when a new product comes out, it comes with a lot of upgrades and other things to revitalize the older existing product as well. And in this case, the most wanted box, the way it comes with uh, some like new upgrades um, for the Y-Wing especially, that can really let you do some cool new shit with the ships that have already been out for a while in the game. Like For the longest time, Y-Wings kind of never really were part of the competitive scene at all. And yeah, like finally starting to right yeah. where they took away its torpedo slot, made it good or missiles, but missiles, whatever. Yeah. yeah, they just because nobody put missiles on them anyway, so now they're just cheaper if you don't put. So missiles you do the same on thing them. with the Y wing. Yeah, the Y wing. It has um, you can take the bomb loadout, which is a zero point upgrade that uh, converts one of your torpedo slots into a bomb slot for Y wing. Oh, interesting. And there's also the BTL A four title, which lets you lock your turret to only be able to fire in the forward arc, but you can fire your primary and your turret weapons in the same turn. Oh. So you don't get to use them as a turret, but you get to double tap with them. So you can you can ion someone or heavy uh, laser cannon or whatever it is, mangler cannon that kind of well, thing. Well, the the turret upgrades are actually separate from the cannons. Currently, there's the auto blaster oh. turret, ion cannon turret, and the blaster turret. Gotcha. But you okay. could still ion cannon someone and then hit them with your primaries in the or, same turn, or the other way around. It does say yeah. primary and then uh, your turret weapon, but. You do get a chance to double tap, yeah, which, really cool. especially for the Rebels, that's pretty handy, because they have the R3-A2 droid, where you can target an enemy ship, and then you take a stress, and they take a stress, and then you make your shot. When you can double tap, you can do that twice per turn, and mm. like either put two stress tokens on an enemy ship, or one stress token on two ships. So you can get a lot of utility out of it, and I just love the way that um, they had a lot of that forward thinking, where when they or backwards thinking... But uh, where they come up with something new, but it's always with an eye towards revitalizing some of the old releases as so well. So your favorite release compatible. was the Y-Wing making it not shitty. Yeah, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird when you put it in those terms. No, but, but there like, is the new Y-Wing model, so it's not like you're being totally... Yeah, it's yeah, the dented and dirty one. And it actually is probably one of the coolest paint schemes I've seen coming out of It's better game. painted than the original. Well, they had yeah. to because they were like... The first the one was, we it was the most horrible the first I've ever batch, seen. The first really? batch of Y-Wings yes, were was the awful. worst. They were just goopy really? and like... That's can, why I stripped mine and redid them. Yeah, a lot of the you're details kidding? were clogged up and stuff like that. Like, they were not... It was like super thick dry brushing. Oh, God, I said it. Well, no, but you redeemed yourself by not dry brushing them. Yeah, there we go. There go. But, uh, yeah, so I think I do think that that approach to coming out with new releases, where every new release brings something that the older ships can really enjoy as well, I think that was really cool. Cool. Tom. Oh, man. Um, I got to go with the, the Seeks. Uh, oh. Just because they are... Another very cheap, but potentially really heavy hitting. They're a nice glass cannon unit, so they maneuver quite well. They can all they can potentially take um, the heavy laser cannons for four dice, and which is a big jump from their native two firepower. Yeah, because they're one of the only cannon bearing ships in the game that has two natural attack dice. So like a firepower three B wing upgrading to a cannon is a lot of the times fairly marginal. But a, a weak little two dice yeah, attack boosting up to a four, it's expensive, but it's giving a significant firepower boost. Yep. Well, that or you give them the manglers, and it's which are brand new to this faction. Yeah, which are cheaper, but those ones are great. Where you automatically are doing a crit if you're getting a hit through. Yep. So, and we'll talk. We'll talk about them a little bit more when it comes to lists. But 
having the ability to bring multiple ships with significant firepower, it's still a relatively low cost. Like, all things considered. I think the full kit out, there's still 23 points each. Yeah, with the heavy laser So you're cannon, not going full TIE Swarm level, but you're actually well, putting no. damage on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, they, you could you could put seven in a list, because they're 14 base, and then still have room for a little bit of upgrades. Yeah, you're not swarming well enough. But then you're only getting two attack dice each instead of four. Yeah, but that, at that point, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. You're not swarming well enough to make it a swarm, and you're not hitting hard enough to do anything worthwhile. And yeah. they don't have... Um, the Scum don't have an easy force multiplier like Hellrunner does for the Ties, where she gives an aura where... All friendly ships within range one of her can reroll one attack dice mm. with their primary weapons. Yeah, so because the scum are supposed to be all individualists. And all yeah, they have they themselves. have very few um, upgrades and models that have a lot of like teamwork focus. The Seek actually has Sarisu, which is um, the trainer. He's yeah, I think to train scum like pilots. some sort of flight com- pilot training whatever. But I can't remember. I didn't play Star Wars Galaxies, so I missed like half these references. The School of Top Plane. Gun in space. Pretty much. Right. Let's go with that. <laughs> right. But so that kind of works opposite, where you're getting a defensive buff. But yeah, because there's nothing to really ramp the offense of those two dice, you are kind of stuck with um, you know quality over quantity if you're going with scum. Yeah, but I think that especially in the the current. Oh fuck it. Okay, so let's talk about some list builds, and we'll just <laughs> we'll start with this and kind of work our way back around. Um, Roll a lot of attack dice. That's what I did, and I one-shot a lot of ward stuff. Right. <laughs> but the nice thing about these guys is you can fit two of them in a list with <laughs> a, more, a more tricked-out ship of some kind. And yep. so for me, I ran two of those heavy laser cannons with a tricked-out uh, fire spray. And true. I like he that. Did. He did. How did that work out for you, Ward? Well, we'll talk about that in a later segment. I feel bad for you, like a whipping boy. <laughs> <laughs> but realistically, what it comes down to is this list... It gives you, because the fire spray, what was the pilot's name again? Kath Scarlet. Kath Scarlet, and mm, basically sexy. the upgrades, <laughs> I can't remember exactly the names for all of them, but it was the ability to put out stress. Uh, tactician. She, tactician, she had the heavy laser cannon. She had... Um, Lone Wolf? Lone Wolf, and inertial dampeners. Did you make his list too? And engine upgrade. We, well, t- we th- talked about it. Oh, After we played a game, it evolved... So you basically just play. I, I no, lost, no, no, no. I lost against a, Dan three times. This is a list. That, <laughs> this is a list that I talked about, and Dan figured out how to make it actually work. Because mm, he had the concept, and I actually sure. knew what the cards did to make it all. Work. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Though I was like, <laughs> "Hey, I want to play two IG88s. Make it go." No, this was more specific. Make than it that. so it does. You could basically say like, "I want a list to beat Ward," and then no, honestly, and I went back and after hard though, (laughs) and after the fact, I made some choices that were potentially different from stuff we talked about, Mm -hmm. and I made some choices that we'll talk about later. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, spoiler, not gutsy. (laughs) But anyways, the way it works is that you kind of force the fire spray down your opponent's throat, and the fire spray is really good at just kind of pushing through. It's got good attack dice at the front. And it has potentially five attack dice out the rear. Yeah, with Kath Scarlet, she gets plus one attack dice in her rear firing arc. So. Awkward pause. Yeah, well, we're... <laughs> Sorry, I was busy drinking. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Anniversary show. Woo! He's fine. Okay, so, the, uh, where the fuck were we? Drinking. I, I got distracted by... Kath Scarlet, butt shooting. Oh, I gotta give them... Ramming Kath Scarlet down people's throats? Yeah. And so she kind of pushes through, and your opponent's left with the choice. Do they deal with Cast Scarlet, or do they deal with the two Seeks that are kind of held further back? And it creates this little bit of a damned if you do and damned if you don't. Because mm-hmm. the Seeks are probably going to kill something on the way in. With four dice each, even though they have a lower pilot skill, 
they can do a lot of damage, and if they don't yeah, kill if you, something... If you ignore them, they are going to wreck shit. And what ended up happening in our game is I played them a little too aggressively, and so neither one of them actually finished off a ship, but both of them put damage on ships that then allowed the fire spray to one-shot. Yep. So, and the neat thing is that because they're both the 23 points each, you can lose one without batting an eye, and you're probably going to get those points back. And even if you lose two and keep the fire spray alive to the end of the game, you're probably still in a pretty good position points-wise. You're, yeah, you, you're giving up less than half of your points. If you have 56 yeah. points left alive at the end of the game, it's hard to lose. That's definitely how a lot of the big ships do so well in the meta, is if the game does go to time and nobody gets wiped out, if your big ship is still alive, that's a huge amount of points denial. Yeah, absolutely. And the neat thing is that because you do have two of the smaller ships, if you are in one of those like mirror matches of the one big ship, one small ship... <laughs> oftentimes their second ship is going to cost more points and you might just be able to fly one of your Seeks off in the middle of nowhere and just keep those points alive and then force them to either really get in a bad position to go after that last Seek, in which case you're probably going to get an exposed shot from your Fire Spray and if the other Seek is left alive at that point. Or, like, I feel like this three-ship build might almost be, and admittedly I don't play a lot, but I feel like it's got a lot of promise instead of just the two-ship build. See, my plan was just to not lose anything at all. <laughs> okay, let's and talk about the next build then. Because I've got some feedback on this build, too. So this was basically... Uh, Dan's list. Yeah. Uh, Dan, <laughs> you're going to have to help me remember the majority of it. But it basically was the ability to, to remember. shoot uh, both your primary and your turret. Or your secondary turret. IGD-8B's thing is if you miss with your first shot, you can That's take a second shot with a cannon weapon. And that was the Mangler cannon? Yep. Yep. <laughs> on both ships. So both ships had uh, Predator and the Mangler Cannon, which was basically the biggest things for those. Came into play a huge amount. Um, so ba- <laughs> the way it worked was you fly up, you shoot something, and then it just died. <laughs> it was, there was no tactics to it because they put out um, five uh, dice at close range. Nope. Not sure how they put out five dice at close range. One of four. Sorry, four is their natural attack, right? No, yeah, if, they, if, they're firing, if they're firing at range one, um, they get their three plus one for close range with a primary, and then if they miss, they can fire again with the secondary, which would be three dice from the mangler, yes. turning one to a critical. Yeah, and then with Predator, you get to re-roll one of those dice. Uh, Two if they're real shitty pilots. Yeah, exactly, which is what I managed to do to your... I uh, mean, low pilot skill, not like wards dropping them. Ooh. <laughs> no, so I think, I think it was your... Damn. 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 That's, right a, now. that's a podcast faux pas. Please correct yourself. Sharps. Thank you. Oh yes, jeez. <laughs> I gotta gotta get into that habit. That's such an awesome nickname. <laughs> so yeah, no, it, it basically the ships didn't have to do a heck of a lot in terms of synergy or anything like that. They flew, and with the K turn, being able to, or sorry, um, yeah, S loop, S loop. That's the one <laughs> where you're able to flip around with the what is it, the three bank? Yeah. I was always in front arc. And you had advanced sensors as well, so you could do an action before doing a red move and still get your action. Yeah, so that, it was just, it was ridiculous how good that was at clearing out smaller ships that were not as, (laughs) not as high pilot skills. So I think it was what, your headhunter or your Y-wing that died first? I I had two of the uh, Z-95s. Yeah, so those both just... Got you one shotted and negate, negated my list build, which we'll talk about after. Yeah, but. and then basically it was just the two ships hunting <clears throat> down and being able to outmaneuver, just not hitting rocks. It was a really point and click list, like what's good for me because I'm not particularly great at the game. 
Uh, I know more or less what I'm trying to do, but not great with maneuvers. So worked out well, and it was really good against uh, not a lot of small ships. Like I think what a struggle against a swarm list, but something like what Ward was playing, which we kind of I guess tailored against, worked really well. So cool. So one of the things that we were talking about the other day when we were trying out. Um, the Scum and Villainy for the first time for me is we paired up two IG-88s, admittedly less optimal ones, against the um, Decimator and what was the other ship you had? Uh, that was Sunterfell in the mm. Interceptor. Yeah. So it was a fairly standard um, tournament build, especially around here after Paul went around and crushed face in the store championships with it. So many times. Really helped <laughs> helped kick off the uh, Decimator Sunterfell um, list, which a lot of people really took to the last little while. And yeah, it actually did a pretty good job of countering the push the limit variant of the IG-88s. Yeah, and so what it kind of... Obviously, I didn't have as good of an idea as to how to build the list, because I was basically telling Dan to build a list for me because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and he basically just let me do whatever the fuck I wanted, and I made a pretty suboptimal <laughs> list with the IG-88s. Um, it was, but interestingly that being said, enough, I think, I think you fell into the trap that a lot of people, including myself, um, like, ran into when we were first looking at the IG-88s. And Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anybody who... Looks- cannot repel fly- flavor of this magnitude. <laughs> but, um... So yeah, most people when they see a ship with advanced sensors, one of the first things that crosses their mind is, I put push the limit on the ship, I can take two actions, take a stress, and then do a green maneuver and get rid of that stress as soon as I generate it. But I do think that that is a little bit of a mistake with the IG-88 build, because your ships are very expensive, and if you do end up with um, two stress tokens on a ship, you're spending a lot of points on being able to do your actions, and you're losing a crap load of your action economy and your points being spent on things that you can't use at that point. So, like, the Decimator had um, Rebel Captive on it. Yeah, which really was a bit of a hard So the second he shoots at the Decimator, and it's got 16 hit points, it takes a long time to kill, no matter what you're shooting it with. Every time he targets it, it was shutting down one of his ships and their ability to use advanced sensors and push the limit. Now, I would like to point out that even if I wasn't having the advanced sensors and, and push the limit combo that I was going for, one of the things I don't like about the dual IG-88 list is the fact that there's going to be probably at least 20% of the list you're going to go up against at a competitive setting is going to have Rebel Captive. And all of a sudden, one of your IG-88s is going to have to shoot at this thing. Yeah, but I'm going to say one of the pros for that list is you get to play two tin cans of Assassin Doom. (laughs) Okay, no, but... Uh, (laughs) I don't think you're going about this with the right attitude. This is a tournament-winning list. In my it's opinion. In a, in a lot of settings, it is right now. Yeah. When, yeah. I, no, it is. Oh, it's yeah. been it has, a it has won a lot of tournaments already. Wow. Part, like, partially, it could be because a lot of people don't have experience flying against it. Like, myself, when I ran into it at store championships, I'd never played against it, and I played it two games in a row and just got my, uh, my shit caved in a little bit. I'm where I made, like, one mistake each game that all of a sudden it was, like, going to be extremely difficult to recover from against these very high-speed, very hard-to-hit ships. Like... In both of the games, I did a, a stupid move, got my maneuvers crossed up, and ended up uh, clipping an asteroid hmm. with one of my big ships. And then at that point, when I'm not attacking, it's just bad news. It's in a lot of cases, it is a list that you can't afford to make. I'm mistakes surprised against. that it's done that well because I feel like there's a lot of. Uh, I feel like if the, the game we played, I was able to do well because I could get behind you with those. Uh, Steve's looking at me, by the way. Those, yeah. With, yeah there you go, sharks. <laughs> Um, I could get out of your fire arcs with the, those S loops. 
Yeah, and the small ships are not fast enough to really be able to combat. I that. feel like if you played like uh, what is it, the Fat Hand list that has a really decent turret setup, where it just okay, you're behind me, cool. That could be a problem. Like I feel like there's a lot of Rebel Captive would be a tough one. Well, but the reason why Rebel Captive is such a big, a big deal, deal is that much. the way it works is the first ship to shoot at it that turn is taking the stress. Yeah. So one of your two ships is taking the stress, or when I was dealing with it, it was do I shoot at Centerfell, who's not Being as likely dick. to do anything to because he's often got f- like multiple focus tokens and an evade and it's usually long range and auto thrusters and a lot yeah. of the time there's asteroids in the way he's rolling it's, 57 usually it's usually, really hard to hit even yeah. with a second shot when you miss the first one it's still hard to hit him exactly or you go after the decimator and then you're kind of forcing yourself into what you're doing next turn and when I was playing obviously the push the limit was a factor I spent points on it and it could have been spent better elsewhere but I don't think it would have really changed that much had I had a, a different upgrade kit out for that matchup anyways. And what we were doing with that game is trying to pit it up against a more conventionally competitive list. Yeah, I believe to that see how was, it would work out. Yeah, that was, that was one of Tom's instructions going into the game. Is He was basically saying, is there a dominant tournament meta type list right now that we could play it up against and see how it goes? And that was one of the first ones that crossed my mind was hey, Decimator and Sunterfell. It's pretty popular right now. I have a little bit of experience running it. I think I ran it once prior. On one of the days where I played against Tom and I forgot all my maneuver dials, but I happened to have a decimator dial and an interceptor dial, so that was one of the only lists I could play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you beat the shit out of me. Um, but th- that was actually what led me to the two Seeks and Fire Spray list, because then you've got a few expendable ships where if I shoot a Seek at the decimator and I'm forced into doing only a green maneuver with that one ship next turn, fine, my fire spray can still do whatever the fuck it wants. And I still have another Seek that is potentially also doing whatever it wants without any impunity next turn. And that's where this three-ship build for me has kind of become a little bit more exciting and interesting, where you've got a little bit more options when you're dealing with stuff like Rebel Captive. So but I know you don't get to play with two guys that have oil filters on their head. Right, and not all of us <laughs> jerk off watching Top Gear. So no, that's true. <laughs> well, once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy. He's gone now. I know. Sad. They all are. So now it's... Uh... Supporters drove a tank to the BBC in, in, in protest. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear about that? No, I didn't hear about them driving so now, a tank. N- but now, yeah. is, now is it a sad occasion for you? No, not at all. Okay. All right, anyway. So uh, ooh. Anyway. Yeah, the uh, shitty table moves. Do you, fi- do you find, though, that the heavy laser cannon is the best option for the Seeks? Um, I've played it once, so eh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think it's kind of whatever you want. The reality, investigatory journalism, the, right? The there. reality with the fire spray is you can't really get it much more than fifty-four, fifty-five points, anyways. So my choice is take the heavy laser cannon and lose out, or and have all my points filled, or take the mangler and have like eight points left over. Well, you could take like a shield upgrade or something on those seeks to make them a little bit more durable to fill points. Which is something I'm going to play around with, but the reality is they're going to have decent firepower either way. And almost like a, a it's almost a straight across uh, point swap, but you're going to go up one point, but if you take the mangler cannon instead of the heavy laser cannon, and then like Dan said, put like that shield upgrade. Or hull upgrade. Or, or hull whatever. upgrade, whatever you prefer really. Sure. Uh, on that, you're going to go up one point. The big thing for me though is usually... If I they're going up a point, I'll probably never do it. I'm talking. <laughs> but with the fire spray, like that build was down to the point. So yeah, yeah no, if, that, you, if that's you took fun. the hull upgrades, it would fit because hull oh, upgrades okay. are three, shield upgrades are four. Yeah, and then, and then basically, I like running the um, non-character uh, six 
with the uh, Mangler Cannon, because if they shoot second, typically I've got something that might have already stripped shields off of. So they have a better a chance ship. of landing the critical. They have a better the chance hull. of landing yeah. the critical. Yeah, and that's right? honestly something that I want to try out and see, because I really like the list, and so those are the kind of tweaks that I want to play around with. It's definitely worth experimenting. It's an easy thing to change up. Like we said, there, if you do the hull upgrade and the Mangler, it's the same points. Right. And I, also like the, I also like the Mangler, too, because we do run up against a Decimator that has, like, what, a few shields and, like, 95 yeah. hull? <laughs> Approximately. Like, give yeah, or take. Doing the critical on big. it, yeah, that'll help you out in the, in the long run. It's so. honestly probably what I'll end up doing. To, like, being totally honest, they'll likely end up being having the Manglers instead. I just wanted to see what the list would work with just as many attack dice as possible. No, that's fair, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and that potential of landing 12 dice in the first round, that's, that's a lot of attack dice. That's going to do some hurting. Mike, you don't have any lists to talk about? Nope. All right. Nope, I'm good. <laughs> Dan, Dan, I just wanted to include him. That's all right. <laughs> well, sorry, I guess I want to be able to finish the point is <laughs> the reality is that if they if you're playing the dual IG88s, to kind of get back to what I was talking about, uh-huh. if they have a way of kind of neutralizing one of them, it's exponentially worse than if you had more... Like, the two the two ship builds, uh-huh. and especially with the IG88s that... They are pretty maneuverable, but they're yes, not... Yes, you've killed 50% of the ships. I think that's what you're trying to go at. Yeah. When you have two ships and you lose one, it's going to be much more painful. Or even if you can just do... And if you have high enough pilot skills, it's not that hard to do. If you can make it so only one of the 88s is firing every turn, which you can do by outmaneuvering them because they don't have turrets, or one of my favorite tactics is just fucking ram into one. Yeah. Because you can't shoot anything that you're touching, right? So if you drive... If you drive your ships into the first IG-88, you can shoot past it into the second one a lot of the time. It's not always easy to do, but that when the situation presents itself, I do like to sometimes ram the first 88 and shoot past it into the second, so that he's only getting half of his offense that And time. the other thing, too, is that... And you really can't afford to have your ships not shooting in a two-ship build. And because they don't have turrets, yeah. even though they're really maneuverable, it's a lot harder to get them in firing arcs Yeah, there, there will be there will be turns where you have to mm. disengage and set up your positions rather than firing every single turn like a turret does. I can never remember which ability it is, but um, which is the one that you're able to... Auto thrusters allow you to do the maneuver. Auto thrusters let you change one blank to an evade when you're being fired from outside a primary arc or at range 3. Which oh, you're thinking of the ability to you can do a barrel roll and as well as another action? Oh, push the limit? That's a slippy toad action. That's push the limit? (laughs) Is that Star Fox thanks, right there? Thanks, Dan. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like it's really actually quite easy compared to a lot of ships to keep things in arcs with those guys. Um, the reality is that it's only two of them, and if you've got a ship like Sinterfell, oh yeah, or, well, for sure, or a Howrunner, or like Slippery is a fucking eel. Sinterfell is an exception to the rule, though. But he he's also a commonly so, used model. Yeah, and if you can deal with him in some other way or ignore him or not let him affect you, you can usually deal with the rest of the list. That's the hard part. <laughs> well, in that list with Chir- Admiral Chirino and um, Sunterfell, though, him ignoring Sunterfell meant his ships were going after the Decimator and stressing themselves out. Yeah, that's a good Meanwhile, point. Sunterfell is getting in behind them at range one and making things explode. And this, is a, and this is kind of a standard list for competitive I'm going to continue my plan of rolling ridiculous dice and winning. <laughs> yeah. Hey, was, you can do it. I'm just going to one-shot ships, If right? you just never roll any blanks, you're probably going to yeah. be fine. I basically do that with every single shot against me. Well, it's true. <laughs> Steve doesn't shoot blanks. I never do. <laughs> I never do. Not like sharps over here. <laughs> I don't shoot blanks. I just... They're just sharp. Sharp. 
Um, That's a new uh, level of sharks. All right, so my turn now. I want to talk a little bit about the new Scum and Villainy, because Dan, I know, has a lot of stuff. Um, so I've ran a couple of different like lists. Again, I've been focusing more on the smaller ships, because I know everybody was super gung ho right, about get IG-88s. Pick one list. What's your favorite? Well, well, so far, I'm going to talk about a combination that's my favorite so far, but I'm going to tell like how like uh, I got screwed up really bad against Steve and such. Keeping in mind, we're already in an hour. I, well, I don't care. Well, a lot of that uh, is also the pre-episode bullshit that we'll be trying Oh, down. right, 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 right. There's about 15 minutes. Oh, you guys might get to hear some of that, our definitions. Yes, yes. We'll see. There was our a definition of about bombastic jazz style. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Any, anywho, um, so playing Good song, by the way. I took, Google it. Uh, I took a page out of Dan's book, and I was trying to use the feedback array on some of the Z95s just to do some damage. Um, however, it doesn't work very good when your ships get one-shotted. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have to keep that in mind when... Steve is so proud of himself right now. I won a game of X-Wing. I was just like, and I'm dead. And then Steve's like, yeah, I'm super gung-ho for Onslaught now. <laughs> well, I was good after turn one. It just got better. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad news. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, some gutsy and goatsy with a different <laughs> list when I uh, talk about Tom. But the combination that I've been running right now is a Star Viper and a Heavy Sick that I really like uh, kind of like working in, in, the, in the pair. Uh, so I use Guri, the... What do you call it, Dan? The Fembot. The Fembot of the Star Vipers. Is there a Femputer behind the... Of course there's a Femputer. There's gotta be a Femputer. Absolutely. (laughs) I like how we're all in agreement. I like how we're all in agreement. The Femputer's a Fembot! Are you new? (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I could remember that quote properly from Amazon Women in the Mood, because... Like, like, oh, it's like I'm just like a fem bot playing a fem pewter in a man pewter's world. It's so ridiculously <laughs> complex because Futurama is amazing. Yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, so anyway, I use um, Guri in the uh, Star Viper. Uh, I equipped her with the stealth device and pushed the limit, so she gets the uh, two actions potentially, which is awesome. And then I run the. Uh, uh, how do you say his name? Sir Su Sir? Sirisu. Yeah, like let's that. go with that. Sirisu. <laughs> so he's got the heavy sick, he's got a mangrove cannon and uh, with a wingman ability. So running them in pairs is kind of nice because Guri can do that extra attack uh, action with push the limit. And then as long as Sisaru is within range one, uh, because of the wingman ability, I can basically take that uh, stress and yeah, remove you can it. remove it at the beginning of the combat phase, which is pretty sweet. So you're not doing, you're not limiting your maneuver dial for the next turn. Yeah, so basically working them in the pair works really, really nicely. And then also being within range one of the interceptor, uh, Guri gets to roll the extra uh, or re-roll the evade dice. And because she's hopefully within range one because of the extra action. Yeah, within range one of the opponents, you can get the free focus token. Yeah, so being really up close. So he he likes having about a thousand special rules on Guri. That's kind of his deal. It's a it's a big combination, but I think I've played it not too bad. The only problem is all the X the what to fill the rest of the lake. Because there's not a huge amount of points left at that point. It's not. You have left over. Uh, I have to do math right now. Probably about 35-40? Ward's not good at math right now. Gary's um, right ballparking now? it at 35, and Sarisu with a Mangler, you said? 
Uh, Srisu himself would be 28. Okay. And Guri is... What's the push limit? How many points? Three. Push uh, he... Guri, she... Guri, I think she, they're both she, if I'm not mistaken. She is at 36. <laughs> so... You got a lot of points left over. Uh, not really. You got like 34-ish? I wasn't yeah, paying so, enough attention. Yeah, so do I go with a what, one good ship or some crappy ship? Yeah, ships, a couple right? of naked ships or not much else. How many points Z95s? They were good. Z95s are 12 Yeah, base. how good do they work for, against you, So right? Z95s with no Ooh. upgrades... Are Terrible. Not amazing. They're cannon fodder. They're, they can have some utility. They're good against if you're running against a falcon, just having as many shots as possible. Do you like explosions? Because they do. <laughs> They're really good at exploding. Yeah. Yeah. For me, absolutely. So. <laughs> <laughs> I so, would go with so, one good, better ship. So, so yeah, I mean, like, in in the list against you, I used uh, some Z95s. They didn't really perform that good. They didn't shoot. Uh, no, not at all. And they also did not use their feedback array. <laughs> so, you, can, you can actually get in a heavy seek with some yeah, offensive upgrades. Would have been way better. Which is a different But option. then you'd be stuck with that awkward, like, I have nine points left. What the hell mm, do I do with that? Nothing. So, but against, enjoy against Tom, I used, again, the same dual combination, and I used another Star Viper. No, you played Imperials and against that me. That didn't work so good. Wait, who did I use the other server for? When you? I played against, against you. you, yeah, you, <laughs> took, you had you had Imposter Shizor. Yes, because mine was clearly the superior one because he killed yours. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so he had Imposter Shizor. He had Guri, and he had Sarisi. No, it was Shizor. 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 <laughs> this wave is really good at being impossible to pronounce. I'll give it because they're all like guys named like, or video game when it was really text. really obscure like CCG <laughs> and uh, video game references. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Fantasy Flight was digging deep for this one. Oh yeah, and Dash Rendar. Oh yeah, all like this. Anyway. Dash Rendar is not so bad. <laughs> That's relatively straightforward compared to like Palob Gadali. So yeah, so against <laughs> against you, I used that extra Palobre star viper. Gadali. Against I'll show you my Tom, I used what did you say? The Imperials. Yeah, I, you yeah, had Snitterfell and uh, a couple two defenders. Yeah, two we're not talking about Imperials though. Anyway, yeah, anyway. yeah. So yeah, I played the uh, Rebels against you guys, but yeah, the I don't know that extra ship. I just haven't. Been able to find like you know what you could do throw an IG in there I could win well that, that but you could do a mangler um, a mangler seek and an IG and a Z ninety five the biggest How thing many points is IG eighty eight thirty six base I don't think I'd be able to fit it in you'd have to cut naked something to take it IG eighty eight and naked IG eighty eights are a little bit weird like it's a good value for the ship but the upgrades really do make them shine oh for sure but I'm thinking if you're gonna take or shitty Z ninety fives. I yeah, can't see an IG-88 being worse. That is, uh, yeah, The I think the point I'm trying to get at here is that is, that 30-ish points in some factions is really hard to fill. Imperials can do it. They can take a lot of stuff like Suntra Fells for like 30, 35 points, depending on upgrades. But for Scum right now, that is kind of a little bit of a tricky spot. For them. You might be able to take um, Drea Renthal, who is the char- the skill 5 Y-Wing that it, can take stress tokens to keep your target locked the issue and with that, build a torpedo boat. The issue with that, though, is I like really, really, really hate Y-Wings. Why? So Even if they're I brown just, oh, and they look better? Ugh, they just make me angry. They look so bad. And just, Why? I know. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> I, I know. joke. I, my friend Justin oh, really, really likes Y-Wings, and I really hate them. I like Y-Wings. <laughs> I feel like we should high-five cool. like this. I really want to push you <laughs> See? right now. Why high-five? Sure. Why high-five? Five. <laughs> and I'm an optimist, so I call them Why Not Wings. <laughs> <laughs> I 
like that good. Yeah, uh, my glass is half empty. However, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna still play around with this this uh, pair that I'm running and what I can fill it with. Maybe the next wave of scum and villainy will also give me some better filler with uh, another ship. Maybe uh, what was the other assassin there? Oh, the other bounty Dengar. 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 I wouldn't so be surprised maybe. if we actually With the saw Jump it. Master 5000 or whatever his ridiculous ship name is. <laughs> what did Greedo fly? Greedo? Greedo just died. I don't I know, think he had a ship. But I wonder if they wouldn't put someone like that in. You could fly Greedo. Oh, that'd, be, that'd be cool. Over well, Greedo's area. already a crew member. Really? He's yeah. one point, and the first time you deal a damage card, it's face up. And the first time you receive a damage card every turn, it's face up. So he is a pretty big liability. <laughs> He's one of those characters where it's kind of cool, but it's like opportunity Why? cost of using a crew slot, which is hard to come by in Scum. They have no ships with more than one. And it's, yeah, it's also going to get you killed probably a lot quicker, which I think is awesome. It fits the fluff, but I wouldn't take it in a list necessarily. Yeah. And shot first. Yeah, no, I'm... It should definitely make you, like, shoot second. Like, no matter how... No matter what your pilot skill is, you should not be allowed to fire first if you have Greedo. That would be... My preference for what it does. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just makes you worse in all ways. But <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this guy. Well, maybe he'll give you bonus points like that uh, chart on refit or something. <laughs> people have been take making Greedo get extra points. People have been making jokes about that. Like if like there should be a Jar Jar card where it's like you take a stress every turn automatically, and he's like negative five points. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play you around. Take Jar with that. Jar. You get a written apology from George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, only. I like the combination of the two ships. I'm like I said. I'm just gonna have to play around with it and hopefully squeak out a win at one of these games. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The girl can dream. Give yourself your own trophy at your tournament. I should just. You might not even play. But give it to yourself. <laughs> you need the self esteem <laughs> straight now. No kidding. Okay, so to kind of wrap up this, unless Mike. No, no, go ahead. Right okay. I don't get one. We're done. We're done. Oh, do, you need, do you have one that's different? Boba Fett and IG-88B. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I took it, and it did really well against everything except dual IG-88s, because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't okay. really know what to do. All right, so let's just do a quick talk about this. I would imagine most people's thought initially with the IG-88s is to take two, because they do get to share the, the upgrade. But do you think there is value in just taking one? Yeah. Uh, there there can be. It's, I don't know, it's definitely tricky. The main reason I like, I just, there was a lot of unique synergy things about that build that I liked. Mostly that there was finally a build that made the Auto Blaster not look like the worst card in the game, and I had to try it. And there were definitely games where it was like, oh, just you have Sunter Fell in front of me, just remove him from the table, he's auto-dead. I rolled three hits, I don't care how many evade dice and tokens and other shit you have, you take three hits and die. And you don't get to do that very often. So it was situationally, like, half the games I played, it was absolute moneymaker build to have a pilot skill 10 Boba Fett with auto blaster and engine upgrade and tactician and all that fun stuff. You were really excited about he that. He was awesome at range 2, he's awesome at range 1, he's terrible at range 3, which is where I got into trouble. Because maintaining close ranges against the IG-88s, where they love range 3, and the pilots know that, and that's a lot of time where they really try to stay... And I had no answer at range 3. So even with my ability to boost, most of the time that was like, I can boost and like get out of range of you or whatever. It was just bad news. So I went into those games with a poor plan. I made mistakes and uh, really got punished for them. So I still need to do some planning for how to deal with dual 88s. But I do think 
Boba Fett with one IG-88 is definitely valid. There is which, uh, which 88 are you taking? Uh, I think on his, on his own, 88B is really nice just for that ability to take your second shot if you miss with the first one. Yeah. And in my list, I didn't have... One of the things I was a little nervous about with the list was I didn't have a lot of upgrades on 88B to make him more accurate. So I was really banking on if my first roll is shit, I at least get my second attack when it's probably a little bit better option to maybe instead of taking the heavy laser cannon... Could have taken the Mangler Cannon and some more upgrades on him, like Predator or something like that. Yeah. So that he could, um, so that he could re-roll dice on all of his shots rather than have two two attacks with more dice and less ability to boost those shots. So I think that's probably a little bit better trade-off. Go with the Mangler Cannon and Predator rather than... I think I had Veteran Instincts on both of those ships, so he would have been skill 8 with the Heavy Laser Cannon, but very few modifications to his dice. Okay. Fair but enough. yes, anyway, long story short, it was a good list. I had no idea what to do against IG-88. With IG-88, fair enough. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so, to kind of wrap up this discussion on Scum and Villainy, I think the single biggest thing about them is that it's taken a game where I would argue one of the biggest criticisms has been for the longest time, where there's only two factions, and it has added 50% more faction. <laughs> Yeah, that was a pretty good... I don't think they'll be able to replicate that. They'll never be able to add 50% as many factions by adding one faction. They can't do that again. No, the number will go down. Oh, yeah, yeah, your your math (laughs) is correct. I was going to say, they could definitely add 50% more factions, but your caveat by adding one faction, that is mathematically impossible. If they somehow find a way to make it to have four and a half factions, like six months from now, I'd be impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I guess they start getting fractional factions. I don't think so. Fractional (laughs) factions. <laughs> Could they be represented fact, by fractals? Okay, going back though, what you just said, I think you can actually find in our Hobby Night in Canada archives. Let's call it archives. I don't know if that's a thing. Makes it sound official, which yeah, I like. sure. Yeah, you said that it's a board game to you because there's only two factions. I do remember yeah. that. No, absolutely, and <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, at the time, I was, I was trying to give the flight path system some. Some you remember play. the name? That's awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> I call it the dials. But I was trying Those to give dialing. the flight path system an attempt with attack wing because it did have more factions. But that game is just so shitty. That game has whiz kids though. No, no. Let me, okay, let me no. Argue. Let me finish the game before was you interrupt. Not shitty, and then they released the Delta Quadrant, and things went insane. No, even before then, the game was stupid. Like it's yeah. one of those. It's as a beer and pretzels. Right. I want to play with Star Trek toys. Fine. Speaking of which, let's do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'd rather play X-Wing. But, like, as something that you go to an organized event for and there's prizes and support, it just never really flew for me. But, uh, <laughs> Good joke. Yeah. <laughs> nice he was one. waiting uh, for the laugh uh, that thanks, never came. Thanks for the uh, wink. Wah, wah. Uh, but, no, it, was, it just it didn't really work. And then so I kind of... I liked the idea of the flight path system, but there was no game balance. I just had a flashback to role models. Like I like the idea of Coca Cola more than I actually like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it kind of got me. It got me to Coca-Cola. sit back down and really try X Wing again. And the reality is that X Wing <laughs> properly sense. uses the, the system, and Takes it's a good game. Beast. And you don't get to roll twelve dice at a time, which is neat. Yeah, yeah, that's really what breaks Tackwing, is the fact that you can I have three twelve dice with re-rolls. No, even before the Borg, some of the Fed builds, especially when they had the Admiral's orders, were just oh, stupid. Yep. Because yeah. you get up to five, six dice, yep. and it would just always be five, six hits. Yep. It's just like the Alpha Alpha Strike just wiped you out, so. Yeah, and no, so, I think everybody here is on the same page. That yep. was a good system. It had some issues. It and cranked it up insane. to eleven within about two months of the game coming out, and then where do you go from there? 
It just yeah. gets obscene in a hurry. shitty like Spinal Tap. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question, though. Do you find that there's a power creep that is inherently coming into X-Wing, though? Because, you know what? I've listened to all you talk. I haven't heard one rebel list. It's all been Imperial. It's all been Scum and Villainy. Yes, I know it's to new. To be fair, we're but, just talking but, about Scum and Villainy. And the yeah, other no, reason no, no, that, that is true. But every played. other list that you did that you put against the Scum and Villainy was Imperial. I never heard one... Rebel list that you no, guys No, he's got used. a good point because we never talked about um, any of the named rebel pilots. Yeah, we did. Who? We talked about Han Solo. <laughs> okay, <laughs> very, very brief. Oh, I can also reference another rebel build we talked no, but about. This, I'm not trying talking to cause an argument. I'm just saying, is there a rebel creep control? because the there's rebel no control rebel list I heard. I heard uh, we talked about, it might have been when you were in the can, but we talked about the rebel control <laughs> build. Yeah, they're like with the bunch of B wings and Y wings with like R three A two and stuff like that. There's no rebels. I, I rebels are still pretty prominent. There's a lot of people that are running like four B wings and a Z ninety five just for like maximum attack dice and hit points. And the one event that I did go watch, there was a fuck ton of the Dash Rendar list too. Dash yeah, Rendar, still a yeah, there's still quite a few of him. Can you for play me, for a me starter set X wing? Not if you want to win. There's so there's inherent <laughs> power creep somewhere. Yeah. There there is some power creep in the game, but as they have gone through with the releases, they do go back and retrofit some of the older chassis. Like the A wings got their yeah. upgrades. Yeah, they did. Uh, they got the Chardon refits. They also got proton rockets, which are only really good on two or three ships in the game right now, like the Tide Advanced and the A wing, so which needed it. They do give some targeted upgrades that really boost some of the old ships rather than the ships that they actually come with. And if when they do stuff like um, Rebel Aces and Imperial Aces, they take ship chassis that have been out before, and they give them like new pilots, new upgrades, new abilities. So they definitely do revisit the old releases. Like when the Imperial Raider comes out for the next epic ship, it comes with a tie advanced with, I think four or five like new tie advanced pilots, as well as a bunch of new upgrades to upgrade all the old tie advanced. Because that's good. Tie advanced make the X wings look good. They're really expensive and they don't really do any work. They're very defendable and all the rest of it, but they have such a low offensive output that you're protecting nothing valuable. And I think and they're addressing that, where they're giving they're giving you a new title for the TIE Advanced X1 that gives you um, a four-point discount on a system upgrade, most of, most of which are offensively minded, and they're also giving them the exclusive upgrade of the advanced so targeting there's, computer. there's power creep, but they're addressing it. Yeah, whenever, whenever they're introducing something that threatens an older ship, there's usually something coming out to rehabilitate the older ship in the next release, or sometimes in the same release. And I think one of the things to really keep in mind here, this is the first edition of this game. Like, if we want to talk about games and power creep and ridiculousness, and if we want this, if we go uh, back to the question of whether or not this is a legitimate miniature game, like, this is the first edition. Can you think of the power creep problems in previous editions of other games that we play? Yeah, no, no, but uh, the reason I brought it up is because the Rhino Rush is OP. The Star Trek version, Star, Star Trek version had a huge power creep. Absolutely. Oh, I had a power explosion. And that's why I was asking. Yeah, you know what I, but that's what was leading up to this. Yeah, now, absolutely. But I think when you talk about the first edition of this game, uh, it's not quite the same as other systems because I cannot honestly see them changing the core mechanics because the core mechanics are so incredibly simple. No. There's not much to them. It's all the cards. But they could wreck on the cards. For, yeah, but that would be... That's, but they're doing that in some they're, ways. They're, they have stated that they really don't like that idea of yeah. coming out with a card that changes the points value, changes the statistic. They do like upgrade cards that work specifically for some ships better than others. 
They will sometimes do um, ship titles that give a new ability to an old ship. The titles are awesome. I think yeah. that is definitely a good, like, if they give an X-Wing title that gives X-Wings, like, a cheaper modification or something to give them a little bit of a boost. Because right now, they're again, like I always say, they're, they're okay-ish at everything. They don't really have a good strength to exploit. And That's that makes them hard point, to though. use. Like, yeah. For but they're, they're not quite good enough at anything to ever really have an advantage in a situation. They're just... X-Wings are frustrating. For me, <laughs> Everybody I, seems to have the same feeling I, with them. I found attack wing, you typically gravitate to what would kill anybody else, right? So it's like, oh, well, I mean, uh, Federation so is going to be... Borg? Borg and Federation <laughs> seem to be, like, yeah, most popular. Like, I played Romulans for quite a while, and then once and then Borg came out, they just... I, can, I can't do anything. I can't. I mean, I rule good evade, but I can't rule that. You'd lay okay. those mines now, I just and wanna, However, right however, them. when it comes to like X, the X wing, typically you really invest yourself in a faction. Like you've always been a fan of like Han Solo, Rebels, right? Yeah. Rebels. So you'll play those guys, or you know, you know what? Like the Empire was misrepresentative. Like I, I like love the Empire. For me, I like jackbooted Nazi thugs. <laughs> That's a really weird I, one. I like the look of the Empire, right? So I mean, like when it comes to Armada or X Wing, uh, I will gravitate to. Uh, Ward also flies his ships like they're expendable, which matches the Imperial Doctrine. Doesn't matter. And I like oil filters on heads. Okay, so back on topic. Scum and Villainy has introduced the third faction to this game. (laughs) Holy fuck, that derailed. (laughs) No, but the moral of the story is that it gives the game a little bit more legitimacy, I think, is maybe to kind of synthesize a lot of that jarble. It gives it a lot more variety to shake up. It shake up the existing meta, because there was a lot of the heavy turret... Um, there was a lot of Falcons, there was a lot of Decimators, there was a lot of Phantoms, and there's a complete blenderizing effect of the meta right now, where so many people, they don't know what everyone else is going to be bringing, so they worry about taking something they want to fly, rather than something that is good against whatever they expect will be a really common build. I think it is really good for the meta, just because it is unsettled right now, people are being experimental and not just sticking to, like, a lot of the netlisty you know, archetypes right now, there's a lot more stuff going on. It's you know what I think would shake up the meta? Giving people the ability to play the Star Killer from Empire's End, where it just evaporates systems. <laughs> the Sun Crusher? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> a weird little ship that just shoots torpedoes into stars and they explode? Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to that shake up the awesome. meta. That would be awesome. I blow up the entire tournament. I win. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a draw. <laughs> Nobody wins. Make or the Galaxy sh- Gun? I want choices. a Galaxy Gun. Yeah. I want a, like, 12-mile-long yeah. gun that shoots yeah. missiles that have engines, so it's really just launching ships that have, it's, I don't know why it's a gun. It's, it's a gun because it says, it's called the Galaxy <laughs> Gun, and it sounds awesome. I don't think you understand that. I, I, I think, cool. I think by introducing that Expanded universe is a little questionable at times. That, that third faction, I think, really, like Dan said, like, really shakes it up. You don't know what people are going to be bringing necessarily. Like, there is always going to be, like, your, uh, the most popular, like, pairing. So, like, right now, of course, like, I don't Empire's think they need a third faction, though. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. I, I like it and I'm not complaining about it, but it's not a game like um, like 40k or Malifor that kind of thing where you see common choices. Like y- you can play an Imperial List and then your friend can play an Imperial List and they have none. Of I the don't same know. Ships. Honestly, I haven't been to a lot of events, but the one event that I went to go watch about six months ago when Dan was playing out in Shred Park. There was a lot of very similar list builds. And that was kind of at the the height of the mono build, where um, it had just come out with Wave 5, which was only two ships, and they were both turret ships. 
So everyone was Which taking turrets. There? The Decimator and the, and, uh, the Outrider. Oh, Outrider. Yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So everyone that's was case taking of, turrets. That's a case of the new hotness. A lot of, a lot of these to things are... point, but... Kennedy. There's still people well, playing same, TIE Fighters. Same thing when it comes to, like, 40k, right? Like, what's the newest army? I want to play that. No, but I'm talking... If you're going to play a Space Marine army, you're going to have tactical squads. Unless you just have a million scouts. Yeah, Which is apparently then, also a thing. Even <laughs> then, you still need someone to carry melting guns. Or grab guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you're going to have... You Space Marine armies will have the same choices somewhere, almost guaranteed. There's no way around it. I'm Whereas with an Imperial army or fleet, I think you can get away with a Tie Swarm or a Interceptor with a Decimator or something completely different. Like there's just so much variety. As long as it doesn't involve bombers, you're good. Yeah, ordinance in the game right now is still, and they know that they're working on it. It's been promised that bombers will enjoy the next wave, whatever that means. So I think we're, we're kind of totally off topic, but I think yeah. third faction is good, but I, I honestly don't think they needed it. I, I, I was hoping Sorry. I was hoping for a new faction just to mix it up, so yeah. I didn't know like what, what avenue they were going. So happy they did that, a fantastic job. Happy that they announced Scum and Villainy. Like, should they release another faction? Like, I don't know, yeah. Old Republic faction? No, that's Unless dumb. they want to start going into different time periods, which I don't think they're looking no, to do. However, no, that's, however, that's Trek Zone. That's Trek Zone. <laughs> not that's, really. That's time it's travel. only, but it's it's is it? It's not that bad though, because it's really only about thirty years off. Uh, Old Republic could be ten thousand years uh, off. Yeah, or Old Republic. Yeah, but like <laughs> Clone Wars is really not that far back. But those movies yeah. are also terrible, and nobody wants them. Yeah. However, no one wants if, the droid <laughs> army. Okay, no one wants that. I want the army with no if, personality. If they go and they I talk to JJ, they could be introducing new ships that you'll see in the new Star Wars movies coming out into X. And they have confirmed that they do have uh, they have renewed their Star Wars license for all their games for Episode Seven and, and beyond. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, they had to go to Disney now, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So they have so. they have confirmed that they do have an ongoing license for the new material. Whatever that means. So it might be a fourth faction, maybe. So maybe new X-Wings when the new X-Wing style comes out in December. The new old yep. X-Wings? Yeah. I love how they're directly back to uh, Ralph McQuarrie artwork. That's okay, sweet. I feel like we need to get to what everyone really needs to hear. Mike, how many pucks for the new launch for uh, Scum and Villainy? You haven't done this in a while. Oh, you're still with us. What? Out of five, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Four, because I like the idea, but I don't have any of it at the moment, so I can't rave completely about it. That's I, fair. I, I'm going to go with five. I think they picked the right faction, and they released the good models to start off with. Or the right models to start off with, not necessarily the good models. They gave me IG-88, five. <laughs> yeah, i got to go with five. It's a really nice faction, self-contained, and it also has new shiny toys for the old factions. Like It's hard to ask for much more than that. Yep. I gotta go with the five. They hit this one out of the fucking park. Like, they... Whoa. This might be the highest rating in Hobby Night Canada history. No, I brought it down. I brought it down. It's okay. No, yeah, I know. No, 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 no. Yeah, like, <laughs> somebody has to always disagree. There's always been at least a four. I think I think we might have done the best, though, ever. This might be I don't know. top. This could be. I'm it's trying to do much better. If we I, have, I'm if pretty we have sure ins- the Neos were really close. If we have an insane fan out there that can verify this, because I don't think any of us are going to go back through our previous episodes. Check, oh. check the show notes. Check, check our show notes. <laughs> check the show notes. <laughs> You won't get 404 on that one at all. <laughs> I really, really want to do that. It does already. Oh, nice. it does? Yeah. <laughs> Under the show notes? Yeah, well, if you type in slash show notes, it goes to 404. <laughs> I love it. So That's good. a great Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so 
Any last comments about Scum and Villainy? I think we've kind of beat this dead horse. I think it's good. We like it. Yeah, it's all It's fun. good. And I like it. It's good. So, for Hobby Break this week, we're going to talk about things you can do to spruce up the presentation or to touch up your models for any of the, like, in a game like X-Wing that is predominantly pre-painted. And since it's pre-painted, this is going to be fast. Hopefully, because that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's just do a quick uh, sound off then. Uh, based on the new Scum and Villainy models, what do you think is the ship that lends itself to repaint the best? I'm going to just go ahead and say not one of the newest ones, but I'm just going to say the Fire Spray really lends itself to a repaint. It is fun to work oh, on, especially if you rip it in half and then only repart, repaint the back half. That's what oh, I like did. The weird, the weird saves a lot of time. The weird blast shield. Yeah, like the the like reddish brown yeah. back half of it. If you're really careful, you can rip your ship in half and not destroy it irreparably, and then just paint the back half and then glue it back together. It's a nice little shortcut. We'll save you several hours per ship. So that's that's Tom is the fire spray. Dan, uh, for me. I think probably the Seeks, mostly because um, they have a nice color scheme. I do like the uh, like the olive green and the maroon, but it doesn't necessarily match any of the other ships in the faction right now. Um, so I think it if will you're gonna, when you repaint your fire spray to match it. There you go. But uh, <laughs> I do think that is probably the one to repaint. And I'm also going to be looking at adding those some um, armor cast like muzzle flash things to the engine area to have that oh, nice cool. little like flare because it actually fits into the shape of the model quite Sh- nicely. Should I just give you some money? <laughs> Am I going to be placing we'll talk about later? Yeah. But, That's yours? Uh, yeah, I like to seek for the repaints. My answer is none of them because they're already pre-painted and you could be painting other miniatures. <laughs> oh. That's a good answer. Touche, touche. So. I think the paint jobs are fine. Like some of the attack wing stuff was garbage and should have been repainted. Wait, did you say sh- some? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 99%? Not, I was going to say the Borg trip. Sphere. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm trying to remember one that looked so particularly decent, like right off the shelf. None of them. Nothing no, springs no, no, to mind. No, nothing no. springs to mind. So. No, PS9, maybe? <laughs> no, even that I want to paint. No. Eventually. Maybe. It's bad. No. You need to paint all the attack wing, but we're not talking about attack wing. Uh, X Wing is good. <laughs> for me, I actually really want to repaint my Star Vipers, so I want to. I do think they the probably scheme. need it the most, to be honest. There, yeah. No, no, but, but the, the, the question is which one do you think lends itself? Best to repainting. Best to repainting. I'm gonna go with the uh, IG88 because uh, typically you're gonna see them in pairs, and having a different color scheme for the different IG. I like so that. You can tell them apart. I like that. Are I like that. the best bet. Cool. Okay. That's me. You're That's fair. Me, I, I can't even pick a scum of feeling. I can tell you, it was really easy to do my A wings. That was the easiest <laughs> repaint for me. Well, they don't so, get A wings. <clears throat> Let's talk about it. Why would you do a repaint? with these models that already look pretty good. Personalization, you get to stand out from the rest of the crowd. The At a tournament, everybody's going to be playing uh, pre-painted ships. If you have somebody that's Painting them playing. up, it sticks out. It yeah, does. if you paint them up... Pride! Exactly. It's pride. Yeah, totally. It's the reason why people started painting miniatures in the first place, is to make them look cool. Like I'm the cooler-looking kid. Yeah, the D&D stuff didn't require you to have painted things. That wasn't an issue. People started painting miniatures to differentiate themselves from their friends and their role-playing groups, and it's the same thing now. Like, if you want to paint up your stuff, go for it. And that's awesome. 
Yeah, and I do think it's starting to catch on in, with the community, and that's great. The separation between like a generic fighter versus like a character fighter, I think, is also going to be important. Yep. Yep. So, I know Dan redid the X Wing, so it's actually like Luke's X Wing, so it's like Red Five, yep. right? That sort of thing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Actually, which, that project was sweet. Which, that, that took a little bit of work. <laughs> but but I mean, it it makes it unique, right? And the same thing for the the IG eighty uh, eight ships. Um, Fuck, I didn't want to repaint them, but now I feel like I should. Have, having, having <laughs> uh, like, Paul did the reverse color scheme. Yeah, so he had, like, a blue and cream, and the other one's cream and blue. They're inverted color schemes. So that way, I mean, like, you're running two, you know exactly what's going on, that sort of thing. So uh, I like the picking out the characters and, and making them, like, a little bit different, right? Yeah. So the not, like, if you got two uh, Falcons and you repaint one slightly... As a crazy color scheme, I've seen pink, blue, whatever, whatever you want, right? You know it's not Han's ship. It's a smuggler that did his own thing. Could be the Stellar Envoy, which is what the Millennium Falcon used to be. Mm, what? Lando, really? Lando's yeah. ship. Well, I think it was even before that, because that ship is old. When it had, like, blue markings and stuff, I think it was called the Stellar Envoy. I can tell you right now, if you paint your <laughs> Millennium Falcon pink, and it's the Millennium Falcon has Han on board... It must die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some of the ways to approach it. Now, I think for me, the first question that I would ask is, are you priming or are you painting over top of what's already there? Depends on the level you're going for, right? Like, if you want um, to do something completely bespoke and custom, then yeah, you got to re- reprime, like, completely start over. But I think, Dan, you should talk about this. Your fire sprays when you did the stripes. Yeah, Were those one- full repaints? Well, again, I ripped a ship in half, so I didn't have the center front piece. I didn't really... Because I kind of liked how it turned out, like with the with the stock paint job. So with just the rear cowling was the part that I wanted, around the engines, I guess, is the part I wanted to repaint. So that stuff, I actually masked off some of the areas that were uh, not going to be repainted, then gave it a light dusting of the primer, and then some airbrushing and uh, some chipping fluids and stuff like yeah. that. And then I used so you didn't masking the whole thing? No, not at all. No, you you just basically masked off a small area. There was actually where the very few. I think you have to redo the whole thing. The only time yep. I ever did it was the terrible, terrible Y wing repaint. And the more recent ones are nowhere near as bad. Yeah, I yes. have I have a recent uh, reprint of the Y wing where it looks like as good as any other ship. So I think we can agree that with the the X wing stuff, you by no means should repaint the entire ship unless yep. you really want to. If you yep. really want to, or if you're doing a color scheme that has just a straight up a different color. But I mean, there's lots of people that have done, um, like they just over, like paint over the red squad markings on a ship with green squad markings or something like that. You can very specifically just target certain areas of the ship, hit them with a different color, give them a quick uh, wash or a highlight, and then you're done. Now we should we should mention though that if you are painting over these ships, uh, you probably want to varnish them after. If you're doing just small little areas, not doing crazy primers, that kind yep. of thing, yep. they're probably going to chip because the plastic is a little softer. They have that already that finish on them. So do your paintwork, make sure you varnish, and then re-gloss for that's, the canopies. That's, so, that's definitely a good idea. And also, uh, I found that weathering powders work really well for doing laser really? scarring and everything else on here yep. because it's very, it blends in and it gives it a look. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense with the way they do their ink washes. Yeah, it's yep. boom. Weathering oh, powders like are a dream There's, to work on these ones. I, I've definitely seen some excellent paint jobs that are done with um, like oil washes, with pigment washes, and then mm-hmm. you just use the fixer or the varnish afterwards. Yep. Using a lot of those like military modeling techniques to do subtle leathering. Yep. 
I actually like works really well and is quite quick too at this scale. Yeah, it's the, very, very thanks, Mike. That's how I'm probably going to differentiate my IG88 from the, the painter that comes to mind. Wrote yep. it, mastermind. It works really well. Trust me. Yeah, Rodent mastermind. Like check check out some of his uh, repaints. I don't think he's done any recently, right. which we is just soul crushing because they're so pretty. Yeah. He also has done stuff like taxi cab black and yellow checkers on like around the canopies of X-wing miniatures, and it's just like, dude. What the hell? The black, <laughs> the black Imperial shuttle. That was awesome. So. Yeah, he's done some insane work. Yeah, Imperial shuttles should not be black. That oh, is yeah, no, this one. Yeah, no. I'll show you. I'll, I'll, show, I'll, I'll, I'll show you a picture. You'll change. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's definitely that. What else? Um, yeah, I think that kind of covers it for the. Yeah, use your regular right? techniques, but yeah, apparently really. weathering works well. Uh, and then, yeah, target small areas to differentiate them from the regular crowd because they're a good model. There's nothing wrong with the stock paint jobs usually. So, but that little be, bit of extra effort goes a long way, especially in a game where you might have a lot of the same painted models as your opponent to help yep. differentiate between yours and theirs. And and, it's, and in a game yeah. like this too, where a lot of the people playing it are big Star Wars fans, so. They know what the ships are. They know what they look like. If you paint something specific on your ships, most people will recognize, like, oh, if you did the squad markings like of a specific ship, a lot of these people know the subject matter enough to get your references and understand what you're doing, which is really cool. People notice the work you put in in this game. All right, awesome. Um, I guess that kind of wraps that up. It's a relatively short topic because, again, it's painting models that are already painted. Yeah, so. and if you have other things that need paint, paint those first because these don't need paint. No. <laughs> exactly. So, Ward, this segment's for Sharps. You. Sharps. Sharps, tell us. Tell us, regale us with some of your gutsy or goatsy moments. Okay, so two come to mind. My prediction? All of these are goatsy. <laughs> considering all of these games are against us, and we've already established that he lost all of the games against us, that is a safe bet. Okay, continue. It's it's pretty <laughs> safe. So I because I played against Tom last, that is what sticks in my mind. So I have two. So the first one. Oh my god! I know. Yeah. You know which two? Okay. So the first yeah. one is like okay. So he's got an. I know. What did you have? You had a fire spray. Fire spray. And there was an asteroid right beside the fire spray, and I'm like, uh, I could probably squeeze in there. Uh, I'm gonna try it. So I tried to do a come about four. He was gonna K turn and finish right in front of the asteroid. Okay, so facing away from the asteroid. So that way, when his fire spray moved up, bang! I could shoot it in. And in my mind, I'm gonna move straight forward, shoot him with my butt. I'm gonna get five dice anyways. It's fine. So I revealed the dial, and in my head, I did a K maneuver, but instead, I just did a straight forward four. <laughs> And ended up facing away from him and not shooting him. And directly, to, he was he was like a centimeter in front of the asteroid, facing the asteroid. So there's like, no way he I, was going to avoid it. I would have landed perfectly had I done a K turn four, but I did not change. That Is there time. any possible way in this could even remotely be gutsy or gutsy rather? It like, was it was gutsy because obvious. just because of the angles as I would have been in his side arc. <laughs> And yeah, you, you wouldn't have been because I boosted far enough forward. Yeah, then you yeah. If he moves after like you that, and so. has an engine upgrade, it's like kind of all irrelevant. It, it was it was like Goatsy. it was for Goatsy. me. It was like, can I fit between his ship where it is right now all right. and the asteroid? Round one is Goatsy. So. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one. Oh, you got one. So with my one of my seeks, I it was basically set up where 
I was staring down one of his defenders, and there was another one kind of off to the side. And in my head, I'm like, I'm going to fucking go straight forward and K-turn, because I think he's just going to try and bump me. So I went, like, as far as I could in K-turn. Which is a 5K on a seek. And ended up just, like, parking right in front of him with my butt facing him. (laughs) 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 I like that. Because we were both facing the same direction, and he, like, fucking K-turned a little bit further past me. So it was like... (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was a bonus for rear armor in this game, because there's times where, like, fuck yes. There's a pilot ability called outmaneuver. So, here's the question. But no one ever takes it. Is it gutsy or goatsy to K-turn and you're facing... Like, the opposite direction from the ship that's about to shoot you Depends. in the butt. Did, did you still win? Well, yeah, but not because of that <laughs> ship. Not, not because of that ship. That one died. If, if it, like... If you did that, and then the ship survived everything and murdered the rest of his entire fleet, then it would be gutsy. Otherwise, that was goatsy, 100%. I think trying to get into a K-turn battle with a defender that has white K-turns is just never a good idea. I yeah. learned that one. <laughs> <laughs> white yes. K-turns are Kay. awesome. Ward, your second one. And then the second one was... Yours is goatsy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so goatsy. Okay. He died that day. I, I had fell, and I was like, do I push the limit, try to get close, get the extra dice, and maybe take two turns and shoot down his fire spray? What do you think, Gutsy? <laughs> Were you to- approaching from the rear or the front? The, the rear. rear. <laughs> Well, I know how this is going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a, this is a foregone conclusion. This is, this is See, you don't boost forward. You barrel roll to the side and get into the side arcs. Yeah. So and anyway. he wasn't going to be able to based on the positioning? Because we're skirting the very edge of the board. Yeah. Right. So what you're saying, you've already ruled this out. <laughs> there's no gutsy option here. Well, no, I'm saying he couldn't get to the side arc. Yeah, so there's no gutsy option here. <laughs> Go see. It's just all bad. Yeah. Well, so, and it was even funnier with the dice when they hit the table. Oh yeah. So I boost. I get really, really close. It was against Kath, who gets the bonus rear shot as well. By the who way, who was also lone wolfed at that point. Yeah. So I roll, and what did I do? One hit. You got two hits, but because I was lone wolf, <laughs> I got to ignore them both. And then, got got yeah. and then I just five diced you in, with yeah, my butt. Yeah, and I, and my my evade dice were not good to me. So at it's all. exactly like the so game we played. I, I got four or five hits, and you got one or two evades, and either way, it and didn't fell matter. fell just evaporated. So evapobliterated. And I was so surprised because it was like when I played against Dan's fell, I'm like, this guy is such a pain in the ass <laughs> to deal with, and then this fell just goes boom right into my. Like range band one rear arc. Yeah, the, the g- <laughs> and I'm just like, and I roll the dice. I'm like, oh, okay, I got three hits. He's probably gonna be, and we're just like picking up his model. What the fuck just happened? It was, it was like I like drove into your like jet stream that your ship was producing, and I just you went into a flat spin myself. and flew out to sea. Yeah, it was. Oh no! You tried the, to eject. The game ended very abruptly. I remember. I was just like, oh, and our, we're done. Let's, <laughs> let's shake hands. So, yeah, I, if you want to win, play me. So that's what it comes down to. It's okay. Sometimes we, we go through these ruts of getting raffle stomped all over the place, mm-hmm. and then you start winning again. I did that with my uh, Dark Eldar Eldar allies that was trying to run before Las Vegas. I just basically lost every game I played. <laughs> It's like this is the worst. I'm going back to my normal. Hey, so, I'm I'm still I'm still playing. I I enjoy it, so it's good. good. 
Yeah, I'm good. sad that the only gutsy or goatsy moments that I have are just ridiculously stupid, like, Leroy Jenkins moments in MechWarrior Online. <laughs> Leroy! Where I'm just like, I'm playing a long-range, like, large laser sniper. I'm just gonna charge into the enemy, because why the fuck not? Why am I exploded, like, three seconds later? I'm in a big robot. What can go wrong? Yep. I'm I, I like you to death. I like chasing after light mechs, and it's bad. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> okay, so... We have a new segment. No, that's for, it for Hobby Night for our, for our one year anniversary. This segment is called How Can We Make Mike Cry? Segment deleted by Inquisition. You can break your penis, and insurance rates are at an all time high right now. Too bad we don't live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, on that note, this has been another episode of Hobby this Night in Canada. This has not been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. This has been our anniversary episode of Hobby Night in Canada. Thank you for putting up with this shit for a year, and I hope we haven't scared you away. Hopefully, Mike will also be back next week. <laughs> we might be down to a four-man crew. Yeah. Yep. Okay, as always, I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. I'm scared. I'm gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> paint your fucking models, guys, and please do not try this at home. Can I get one of those in my mouth before we start recording? <laughs> I love More drop. Videos. I don't want to cut him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to turn him into the Joker. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Yo, I got these scars. <laughs> what? You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs>